pastors here on staff, and we're just so glad that you're here. Um, and before I get into this message, man, I'm just, I'm a little bit overwhelmed this morning. Is that okay for me to be overwhelmed? You know, just this line, uh, redeeming grace, for some reason, it just, it got me this morning. Um, so excuse me as I kind of work through some emotions as uh, we go through this message, but um, is it okay if, if I'm just overwhelmed this morning? Is that all right with you guys? Okay, we'll just get that out in the open then, that, that I'm a little bit overwhelmed by God's redemptive power. And if you're here this morning and, man, if you feel like all is lost, I'm here to tell you not all is lost because of that very redeeming power. Uh, there is no one that is too far gone from God. There is no situation that is too far gone. There is no pit that even you may have dug that is too deep for his hand to pull you out of. So, and I'm standing here today as a testimony of that. So, anyway, we're going to open up our Bibles to uh, chapter uh, 2 of the book of Luke. And if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. It's going to pop up on the screen, but Luke 4, and we're going to be reading, excuse me, that's Luke 2, verse 4 through 16, and we'll touch on verse 20 through 21 as well. And it says this, and Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, with, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for, that, for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them at the inn. Excuse me. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, and check this out, he says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Say with me, good news. Of great joy. Say great joy. And this is my favorite line right here. For all people. Say all people. Good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Somebody that came to rescue us. Somebody that came to redeem us. Somebody that came to mend our broken hearts. A Savior who is Jesus Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, with the angel, there was a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those who him, whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said unto one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and, baby, and the baby lying in a manger. We jump over to verse 20 and it says, and the shepherds returned glorifying, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And at the end of eight days, he was called Jesus. He was called Jesus. The name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Today, I'd like to speak to you from the subject that I've titled, um, Hope for All. 
as we shed some light here on this special Christmas service on what I believe is the single most important message that humanity has to hear, and that is the coming of a Savior to rescue the world. So before we do that, why don't you bow your heads with me and we're going to pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you because your word stands above all things. I thank you, God, because no matter where we are, where we come from, what we've done, where we were born, what languages we speak, what languages we don't speak, your love is for us all. And I thank you because this morning you're here and you're here willing to meet us right where we're at on our journey of faith, whether this is our first time in church or whether this is the first time in a very long time in church or whether this is the thousandth time in church. God, you're here and willing to meet us right where we're at. So I pray, God, that you would shed some new light on this story for us. And I pray, God, that we would walk out of here knowing that our lives are not the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, if you don't know me, um, again, I, I mentioned this. My name's Tony, and I was actually uh, fortunate and unfortunate enough to have grown up in a family where my dad was also a pastor. And my dad's not here today. He's at a different church, and so I can tell a few stories that uh, shed some light on, on him and uh, kind of poke fun at him, and that's all right because he gave me permission to do so. But if you're a pastor's kid or you grew up in church, uh, you'll, you'll kind of understand the story I'm about to tell you. Uh, every Christmas, before we got to open presents, before we got to enjoy a meal, or even at any holiday, say Thanksgiving, you know, after smelling the food all day long and, and as a kid wishing that you could just scarf it all down, my mom would call us to the table and we'd all come down excited and ready for, for, for the festivities and, and my dad would say, wait, 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 before we do that, and he'd pull out this big Bible and he'd open it up, we're going to read the Christmas story. And as a kid, I'm going, can I just get to the presents, please? And, you know, he, he always would say, but first. And uh, if, if you're a pastor's kid here, or if, you, if you're not, uh, I'll give you a clue here. Um, pastor's kids kind of learn this skill, and that is to nod and go, mm, mm-hmm, yeah, ooh, yeah, mm, that's good, uh-huh even though you're not actually listening. And so when I became a teenager, I got pretty smart and I realized the more, mm, yeah, mm, yeah, uh-huh, I said, the faster my dad would get through this story, which in return, it meant the faster I'd get to open up some gifts. And so I got really smart and I would just, mm, mm, yeah, dad, you're, you're saying the same thing you've been saying for the last 10 years, but mm, that's good. And it was always the same revelation he had. It was always the same revelation. And you probably have heard it. And he'd go, now kids, we're going to open up some gifts. But remember, the greatest gift is Jesus. And we knew every year that was coming. That was coming. And so what we did is we uh, figured out ways to uh, kind of speed the process up. And again, if if you're here today, a clue for you is the more you go, mm, mm-hmm, yeah, that's good, the faster I'll speak and the faster we'll be done. And <laughs> you'll get to go home and open up your presents. 
Uh, And just last week, Sophia, my wife, who's sitting here in the front row, we were sitting there and we were writing up a list of what we wanted our our Christmas to kind of look like this year. Uh, For us, uh, as a family, it's a really special year. Uh, We've just moved from from out of state, uh, and we now are surrounded with both my parents and her parents, and so our kids get to have a Christmas with their family. So it's it's been a really special time for us, and so we, we were writing down kind of a wish list of what we wanted Christmas to look like, and all of the sudden... And those of you that have dads or are sons or daughters, you'll understand this. All of a sudden, I realized I've become my dad. Because I said to Sophia, but first, we're going to read the Christmas story. And all of a sudden, I'm like, holy smokes, I've become my dad. I mean, this is a dangerous line to walk because now my poor kids are going to have to sit there and endure the very message that I'm preaching to you today. And, and I thought to myself, I'm like, why, why is that? Why? You know, aside from the funny story that that makes and aside from the character it built in me as a young man to have patience, um, what, why? What, what was my dad's emphasis and why is it that for me even this year, it's so important for my children to understand what this is all about. And I would venture to say, and I would submit to you, and I would propose to us all that we so easily lose sight of what Christmas is about. Because in this day and age, we can so quickly be steered off of the why and the what and the effects of it in our lives. See, I would propose to you today that this amazing story is filled with at least three themes that I'd like to break out this morning that have so much more to do than just family memories, that have so much more to do than just a great time, that have so much more to do with awesome lights and traditions and all of these things that aren't bad. But I believe there's something greater and deeper that God wants to remind us today that entails this Christmas story. Number one, I would say, and as we read through this scripture and this story that maybe you've read before, maybe you've heard it a hundred times before, or like me, you were fortunate enough to hear it every Christmas morning. And the first thing I see here is this idea of a reunion, or in other words, a reconciliation. You see, this story is pointing us to God's very desire to bring you and I close in relationship with him again. You see, the truth is, if you and I were to go back to the first book of the Bible, which is called Genesis, and we read God's intent for having created us, it had everything to do with us being in relationship with him. And if you know the story, it goes a little something like this. We basically messed it up. We, we kind of had everything at our disposal and the one thing that we weren't able to control, we wanted to take control of. And so we messed up and we broke relationship with God. And since that moment, God has had a plan to bring a family reunion back together to have what I call a reconciliation of hearts where you and I recognize that we are in need of a savior and where we accept the very gift of him saying, I've come to rescue you. Now, unlike, you know, not like any other uh, regular um, 
family uh, reunion, we see here that this story is not short or shy of any drama. You know, have you ever been to a family reunion before? <laughs> have you ever been to a family reunion before? All the pictures on Instagram and Facebook don't depict the reality of a family reunion. Am I right? We all are a big, happy family that ignores each other 364 days out of the year, but that, that one day when we come together, we're a big, happy family. No, the truth is, in every family, there's going to be drama. In every family, there's going to be disagreements. The truth is, a family reunion is full of drama, and we see this story where all of these people are coming in from different places, all of these people coming in from different backgrounds, journeying to this, and it's nothing short of another dramatic family reckon, uh, reunion. You see, God's heart is expressed in 2 Peter 3.9. It says this, and I love this. It says, he is patient towards you. I don't know about you, but I went out yesterday to run some errands and I realized, man, this world is quite an impatient world on the Saturday leading up to Christmas. Holy smokes, I'm telling you, even in the little town of Nampa, Idaho, there was some crazy traffic and there were some impatient people on the road and in the stores and in the parking lot. And yet Jesus says, my heart towards you is a patient heart towards you. And my wish is that none of you would be lost. None of you would be dead. None of you would live a life without experiencing the abundance that is in me. You see, God's heart from day one has been for this family reunion, for this reconciliation to take place. As I mentioned before, in this story, we see many people from different backgrounds. They're all coming together from different backgrounds, from different places, different cities, even different languages. In fact, this story, this story, we see it written in three different languages, even at that time. Almost as if to point us towards this idea that God wants to reunite us all to him. The second theme that I really just can't shake has to do with glory. And this word, if you didn't grow up in church, this is kind of a, a weird word, right? Like glory, that, that's a weird sounding word. But the truth is this word glory has everything to do with who Jesus actually is. It has everything to do with his power. It has everything to do with his majestic abilities. It has everything to do with the magnitude of all that he is. You see, in this day and age, and unfortunately, I grew up in a culture where Jesus was this image of a really cute, innocent-looking little baby. And I grew up in Central America where images of, of baby Jesus are this adorable, cute little thing. And, and as a child, I almost would see that and go, how, how does that man have the ability to, to heal or, or to save or to pull people out of difficult circumstances? Well, the truth is the Christmas story isn't necessarily pointing us towards this cute little picture of a little baby that we in this day and age and tradition has kind of taught us. But it's pointing towards this almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-saving God. And you might be here today 
And you might have woken up and looked at yourself in the mirror and, and thought to yourself, there's no way things in my life can change. There's no way that this situation can look any different. There, there's no, I've been looking at myself in the mirror and seeing the same person for, for decades, stuck in the same cycle, stuck in the same circumstance. And I'm here to tell you that the Christmas story is pointing you to an all-powerful, all-glory, all-magnificent Jesus that is willing to meet you there and pull you out of that. You see... I'm standing here and the reason why I was so overwhelmed at the beginning here of this, of this sermon is because I'm living proof that the Christmas story has effect 364 other days out of the year. You see, I'm here to tell you that the coming of Jesus isn't just a cute little traditional story, but it is hope for all of us. In any and all circumstances, whether you feel like the diagnosis that you've received is a hopeless circumstance, whether your marriage finds itself in a hopeless circumstance, whether your emotions, your mind, your finances find themselves in an, in, in an overwhelmingly hopeless circumstance, I'm here to tell you that Christmas happened so that you and I could hope. And when we hope in this Jesus, and when we hope in the Jesus that meets us where we're at, you and I can take that hope to the bank any day, money back guaranteed. Now, what I'm saying has nothing to do with the fact that Jesus came so that all of us could live these fine and dandy lives where we're free of pain and we're free of struggle. What I'm saying is that Jesus came and met humans in the midst of their struggle. You see, Jesus came to earth in the midst of pain, in the midst of political confusion, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of immigration laws, in the midst of, of divorce, in the midst of, you see, it, hasn't, it really hasn't changed much, much. You see, times really haven't changed that much. You see, Jesus came in the midst of our struggle to put his glory on display, I believe. And the third thing that I see here, and I, I've said it, I've alluded to it, but I'll, I'll make it a point to drive home today. And that is this, that he came to give us all hope. You see, I think there are some people that this day and age say, I'll never set foot in church again because those walls will cave in on me. You see, I, I think we live in a day and age where people are afraid of walking in to a church or to a gathering because they're afraid of judgment because they don't come from the right background. Uh, they, they, they're not financially stable. Uh, they're, they're on their third, fourth marriage. They, they've got a custody battle and they bring these things and we bring these things and we think that because of those things, there's not hope for us or we don't qualify to be a part of this family reunion. Well, you see, the angel came and he said, fear not, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be not just for a select few people, not just for those of you that have your finances stable, for those of you that have been married faithfully for the last 80 years, 
Not just for those of you that came from the right lineage, those that were born in the right neighborhood, in the right city, in the right country, in the right community. Not for those of you that have the right skin tone. He says, these news of great joy and great hope are for all, for all people. And if you're a believer here today, and if you're not, I don't wanna exclude you. I just wanna take a moment and speak to the believers here today. I would challenge you to take your faith and live it out in such a way that those that believe that they're lost and without hope would see your life and realize that hope is for all people. That we don't get stuck in the fact that, well, thankfully, and it's okay, there's nothing to be ashamed of. If you are fourth, fifth, seventh, eighth generation, uh, you know, you've got a lineage of people that have believed in God and, and you've got all this, and that's amazing. That is what God can do. But don't you forget that there are people out there that believe they are disqualified from that very hope. And I'm here to remind you as a believer today that this Christmas season has everything to do with spreading hope to everyone else who believes they have been disqualified from receiving it. You see, it's not just for a select few, not just for those that were born into the right time at the right place. Man, you know, it's not even for those of us that behave, just for those of us that just behave or those of us that are fortunate or lucky enough. You see, Jesus came to what he already knew was a world that needed saving. What I love is that if we go back to the very end of this scripture here in Luke 2, verse 20, excuse me, verse 21. It talks about, and, and, and the writer takes time, and in fact, all three um, other versions of this story take the time to talk about how he was given this name, Jesus. And what I love about Christmas is that this Jesus, it's in his name that his character is fully encompassed in. You see, Jesus came at a time where people were waiting for what they believed was a a promise of somebody that would come in and save them. But the belief back then was that he would come and he would save what people considered his people. In other words, the Jewish people. And to their surprise, he came and didn't just save the Jews. He saved the Gentiles. He saved the Greeks. And, he, and that's, you know, if, if you want to believe your theology, that's where red, yellow, black, and white, their pressures in his sight all came from. You see, in his name, Christ, when he was given this name, it's in his name that we find the very attributes of salvation. The very name Christ in that Hebrew language literally means savior. In his name are the very attributes of what he came to do. So, and the amazing thing as, as, as I studied this is that not only did it mean salvation, but it actually has a connotation of a willingness to save. In fact, some scholars would actually argue that the name Christ not only has a connotation of being willing to save, but that he is constantly saving. 
Isn't that interesting that in his very name, he's sending us a message today, 2018, Christmas in the Meridian Boise area. He's letting you and I know that in his name is his willingness to save and his willingness to constantly save. And as I begin to close this morning, for the great joy of many of you, I stole that one from my dad. That was, his, that was his number one closing line. He had like five conclusions though, so I'm gonna stick to one. As I begin to close today, I'd like to leave you with this one thought, and that is this. What are you in need of saving from today? Perhaps you're a believer that has believed for many years and and your salvation is secure in the fact that you've been saved, but is there a circumstance in your life that you feel like you're stuck in and you need rescuing out of? Or perhaps you're here today and you've never made a decision to accept this salvation, this willingness to admit Jesus, I, I can't go at it alone. I, I can't live my life alone. I, I'm, I'm really messed up. And quite honestly, if people that are sitting next to me knew what kind of person I was, they'd, they'd probably run away. Maybe you're here this morning and, and that's what you're thinking. I'm, and maybe today you would like to make a decision to say, I, I want to accept this salvation for my life. I want to recognize that I can't go at it alone anymore. So my question to you is, what do you need saving from? And so with that, I'm gonna ask you all to bow your heads with me. And we're just gonna pray a simple prayer. And I'm gonna believe that if you're here this morning and you're saying, I've never actually accepted this idea of salvation in my life. And maybe today's that day for me. Or maybe you're here and you've already made that decision and you're saying there are areas in my life or there are things and circumstances in my life that I I need this Jesus to come and rescue me from. Maybe it's your thoughts. Maybe it's a diagnosis. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's it's fear. Maybe it's uh, something in your business. Maybe it's just uh, something that's as simple as, you know, you're, you're a parent and you just simply have no idea what you've gotten yourself into. And I'll, I'll jump on that bandwagon with you. Jesus, I, I thank you because every person that's here in this room is loved and known by you. I thank you because when you chose to come to a broken world, you chose to do so thinking of every person that's in this room. You knew us all by name. You knew our circumstances even before we were born. Your word says that we were known by you. I thank you for that because if you knew us then, you know us now. So God, I pray for that person that says, I want to accept that salvation, that rescuing in my life today for the first time. Pray God that you would visit them where they're at, even in their seat. And this simple prayer of putting their faith in you, God would bring effects from, for generations to come. I pray for that person who is already living a life that has placed their faith in you. I, I pray for those areas that we need rescuing from. God, whether it's health, whether it's financials, what, financially, whether it's emotionally, whether it's relationally, 
Pray, God, that as we give those things to you, we would watch you do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, and and this was the first time that you made a decision to accept that gift, Pastor Ralph referred to a Connect card that's in front of your seat. We'd love to get to know you. We'd love to walk with you. We'd love to journey with you on these next steps that you're taking. And so why don't you go ahead and fill that out, and you can drop it off on your way out at our info center. And if you were here and you said, man, I, I prayed that prayer believing that God would meet me in a, in a tough circumstance that I need rescuing from. As we end the service and, and as the band comes back up, the whole band can come back up, we are gonna have our prayer teams located in the back left corner of the building. And they're there willing to pray with you if you feel like you need somebody to just chat with, pray with you. But before we say goodbye, I would love for you to stand back up to your feet And join me as we go out with a bit of a more joyful sound this morning. I I believe that Jesus didn't just come to rescue us, but he also came to give us life and life abundantly. And an abundant life means that I can actually have a smile on my face regardless of any circumstance. And so we're going to sing Joy to the World one more time as we say goodbye. And I would love for you to sing with us uh, and, and sing it as loud as you possibly can. Once we're done singing, I'm gonna come back up and I'm gonna have just one quick announcement to, to give you guys and an, another invitation to give you. And then we'll all be free to go uh, to go get our family uh, portraits done and hopefully pull our kids off of these um, you know, jumpers or whatever they're at, these inflatables, which we'll probably not do. So anyway, why don't we go ahead and sing and then I'll be right back.
Man, that drummer's pretty hot back there. I've known Zach for quite some time. I'm really excited to see him up there. Hey, thank you so much for being here today. We're so, so glad that you were able to make it out. We've got one more invitation, actually two more invitations for you. Tomorrow, we have what we call our Christmas Eve breakfast, and it's open to all of y'all and all your families and everyone else that you can invite. It's here at 7.30 a.m., and we're ending it at 10. We're going to have free gifts for everybody, a free breakfast for everyone. We'll have a cookie decorating station, lots of fun activities as well. Um, so that's going to be here in the gym at 7.30. Uh, You're all welcome to come. In fact, I heard that uh, pajamas are even welcome. So if you feel like 7.30 is way too early, you can come in your Christmas PJs. We're not going to judge you. Just make sure you brush your teeth before you come. We go out the door and... Other, that's all we ask. All we ask is you brush your teeth. And, and man, all, and the, the other thing is this. If you hated my speaking, that is okay. Because next weekend, Pastor Ralph will be back on the mic. And we would love to see you guys back here. He's continuing a message of hope, actually, this next week. And so you don't want to miss it. We'll be right back here at 10 o'clock. And like I said, if you absolutely hated my speaking, you're in luck. Because you won't hear me until who knows when. So... Thank you so much. And for those of you that brought your kids, feel free to go um, and check them out of Kids uh, Church. And we do have our family portraits, as promised, here in the lobby. Um, there's going to be a couple gals there to help you all get in line and all of that. So we're just excited. We'd love for you to stick around and continue to celebrate with us and your family. I'm not going to let him get away with that. Wasn't Tony awesome this morning? Woohoo! Uh, we are so blessed. We are so blessed. Also, I want to let you know, you don't have to show up right at 7.30, do you, Rob? If you want to sleep in a little bit, it goes till about 10. So some of you, I thought I could feel you go 7.30. Yay, show up anytime between 7.30, 10. If you show up at 5 till 10, we'll still feed you. You just help us clean up afterwards. Hey, that works good. Are we dismissed in the name of the Lord? You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.